Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Tzav Sheni, the second Aliyah in Parshas Tzav. The topic of Aliyah is the Chatas and the Asham in action, the sin offering and the guilt offering in action. So our Aliyah is built out of three basic paragraphs. The first paragraph describes um, the korban of the of Aaron and his children, and this is the one that's brought on the day of their anointing. It is a mincha, following on from the previous aliyah. It is a meal offering. We hear about half of it being brought in the morning, half of it being brought in the uh, in the evening. It's al al machabas on this pan. It's murbeches. It, 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 we hear all the different different parts to how it's fried, it's cooked, all the different pieces that exist of this. Um, of this, and the minchas kohen is kolil tokatiyeh is completely burnt. Fine. That's the first paragraph. The second paragraph is the Torah Achatas, the way that the sin offering is brought, and we're told that it's shechted. It is slaughtered in the same place that it, the um, that um, the uh, the um, ola is sacrificed. The burnt offering is sacrificed, and um, the coin who does facilitates this will eat part of it. Will eat part of it in the in the oil moid. Um, but anything that touches its meat will become holy. And anything which, let's say, the meat or the or the or, or the blood which lands on clothing, that clothing will become holy. And uh, let's say it, it touched a pot. The pot either has to be has to be morak v'shutaf. It has to be like uh, cleansed and and washed, or it has to be broken if it's a uh, it's a earthenware vessel. Okay, so we we hear about the korban chatas. Then we hear about the Torah Hashem, the way that the guilt offering works. Again, it is sacrificed in the place where the the olah is sacrificed, the burnt offering. And we hear about it, the sprinkling of blood. We hear about what's done with the, the it's with the fat, with the with the tail, with all the different parts of the of the korban and how it's brought up. And we hear that the or or at the end of this paragraph we hear that the skin of the burnt offering is the only real surviving part and that belongs to the coin. And um and we talk, we we also hear about the mincha, which is and We talk about how the coin is a part of those particular cooked or fried menachas at the end of this paragraph. Very interesting, Aliyah. It's twenty-two pesukim long, running from Perig Zamavov pasuk Yud base to pasuk Perig Zayin pasuk Yud. A few basics to understand in our Aliyah. Number one is what kind of mincha is this at the beginning of the Aliyah? What's what's this mincha all about? So the Rashbam explains that this sounds like it, 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 from the text that like it's, it's the one that refers to the, that when the coin goddle is anointed, that's this is what happens. However, Chazal explained that it's also a regular coin when he's anointed also brings it. So that means to say that that, that it is not just upon, upon the coin goddle; it's also the regular kohanim, and um, the coin goddle actually has the possibility of bringing it every day as well. Another question: Why is the mincha of the kohanim during their uh, during their anoint, anointing mentioned? Why is this? It seems like it's such a once-off time. So Ramban says um, that if you look at the order of parshas vayikra, it goes as follows: It goes, Ola mincha shlamim chatas asham. So that is the burnt offering, the meal offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering. That's the order of parshas vayikra, the, uh, the, um, and over here, that essentially is moving from optional korbanos. To um, uh, to obliga- obligatory carbonus. So when a person sins, they have to bring a carbon. A person does not need to bring an ola in many circumstances. A personal ola, that's a, that's a voluntary carbon. Uh, uh, so the way that vayikras is established is voluntary first, obligatory second. But here in Pashas, tzav, the way it's organized is ola mincha chatas asham shlamim, which is burnt offering, meal offering, sin offering, guilt offering, and 
peace offering. So the way the, the, the idea of structure over here is it begins with Kodshe Kadoshim, which is the holy of holy idea, the meats and and uh, and carbonas, and then it moves into that which is Kochim Kalim, more like the Shlamim as well. So it's a different system of organization which helps us understand a little bit of the order and the structure over here as well. Just remembering that it's not random details, this is a very clear and precise perspective. Now, why are we learning about this the, about new about the Khatas? What, what, what new is the repetition of the Khatas coming to teach us? So Ramban says that one of the things we learn over here is that the shechting, the slaughtering of the Khatas, is all in the same place. That all the korbanos of the Khatas are shechted in the same place, even though that wasn't clear from Pasha's Ayikra as well. What are we learning new about the Ashram that it's repeated here? So even as it says, the treatment of the fats over here are described in such a way that we did not hear about them in Parshas Ayikra. So that's one of the additional details, going back to the idea of the Kohanim requiring this extra memorandum as to how to do things in Parshas Tzav. Now, why is the Chattas um, and the, the, Ola, the, the Ashram slaughtered in the same place as the Chata, as, as the Ola? Why is it that it goes out of its way to tell us that in the same place you sacrifice the Ola is where you sacrifice the Chattas and the Ashram? Explains the Yerushalmi in Yovamas and Perik Ches Halacha Gimel. And that is it's to avoid embarrassing those who might need a Korban Chattas or Ashram. Meaning, think about this for a second. A person comes to the Basis Mignash and they did something really not so good. But they come to the base and everybody's watching them, everybody knows, they see they're checking in and they got the animal and the whole business. But the way the Torah organized it is that the person does it in the same place where a korban ola, which is a voluntary sacrifice, is brought. And that's not deemed quite as severe as, 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 uh, as much of an issue. So the, from a person from watching from afar has no idea as to what really is going on. In fact, Rav Sarotskin takes it one step further to say that part of the, what's implicit in the words over here is that the Kohen, who essentially is hearing the vidui, this is not the confessional Christian religion where somebody's, you know, just, you know, um, giving, giving you a, a free card. This is, the, this is where the, car, the coin has to overhear the person doing the smicha and the vidui on the karban, and thereby he, in a certain sense, holds dear to them very private, very discretionary information about their lives. And part of the placement of where the carbon goes is also the discretion with which the Kohen has to ha- treat the person as well. Is that in the future they have to look at this person and not tell anybody else and they'll not release any of those important details of their lives as well. Now the question is, is what is the language of Zois Torah, Zois Torah, this is the Torah of, this is the Torah of. So the Gemara in Menachos of Kufiyot tells us that a person who learns the Torah, meaning literally the teachings of the Ola, it's as if they brought the Karbanas themselves. Meaning to say it's not just about the um, it's not just about the, um, the doing in a time and stage like we are found in right now of where we live in an age where we're not able to do the Karbanas. If we learn Zois Torah, the actual Torah, the learning itself, that is a, part, a huge part of the actual performance as well, and what we're able to access today. Finally, one last question is, what's this business about the kalim in our earlier? We hear about the, if a cleave, a vessel, to hazardous has to be you know, purified and then washed and the whole business. What, what's really going on over here? What, what's, what's important here? So Rav Soloveitchik points out that we always lay in Tzav just before Pesach. In a Shana Mu'uberis, in a Lipio, it's a little earlier before Pesach, but in a regular year, it's really literally the Parsha just before Pesach as well. He says perhaps the connection is this very idea. And that is, is that when it comes to Pesach, and certainly today today we live in an age where we have Pesach kitchens and Pesach dishes, and in the in the good old years, which was everything up to Pesach, basically the last, you know, century maybe, in luxury, most Jews, most of the time, had one set of dishes, and they had to convert those set of dishes from their non-Pesach to their Pesach equipment, and that was the way it would work. Uh, and that would mean to say, 
is that part of the lessons we learned, the ideas of how to do that conversion is learned narrowly as well. And that is there's a, what's, a notion of what's called merika and there's shtifa. Merika is the process where it's not enough just to clean the object. So let's say I have a chametz dekka pot, or in this case in Aralia, the topic is it was used to cook, let's say, the shlamim. And so in the, so in the, so in the chattas, so in that case, um, there's going to be particles in it which are going to be uh, no sorry, they're going to be left over. That's not good. Or in, for Pesach, there'll be chametz on Pesach, and there are particles in the actual walls of the container. It's not enough just to clean it. One needs to actually dip it into boiling water, which will be one way of cleansing it. What's called hagala, or in the Torah's terms, merika. There afterwards needs shtifa, which is washing it or a, a, pre, a, a preliminary washing again after that process has happened. According to many poskim, that might also be necessary for Pesach as well, with the shtifas required as machlak as rishonim. This learns from our aliyah, and perhaps that's one of the connections to Pesach. With this, we close the second aliyah in Pasha's Tzav. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.